Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Okay, property sourcers out there in property sourcing, profit land. Uh, if you're out there sourcing properties for profit, this is the podcast for you. And I'm super, super excited to bring a very special guest to you today. Uh, someone who I wanted to work with, I knew, I knew, you know, sometimes you know, I knew from the first time uh, we sat in the room together that she was going to do great things, be really successful in property. And I wanted to be a part of that. I did. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, put your hands together, not if you're driving, don't stop if you're driving. Put your hands together and give a fabulous property sourcing profits welcome for the wonderful Kat Kutrinska. Yay! Dislodge my camera team. It's all right. I'm a bit too lively on that. Uh, Kat, how are you today? I'm very well, David. Yourself? How great. I'm, I'm always marvelous. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Um, so, your journey, your journey in property has been, um, I think, really exciting, really special. I think you've got stuff to share with people. Uh, let's talk about who you are, what you've done, how you got there. Um, so, we, before we met in the summer of 2019, when was that? Was that about right? Early spring. Was it? Oh, tell mm. me about that, because I'm kind of on the deal packaging training weekend, but did we meet before that, Kat? Yeah, yeah, we met um, end of March, it was. Was that a multiple streams event? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the one. Is that Peterborough? Or... Yeah. <laughs> wow. Where all, where all property wonderful magic happens. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, you know, my bad. I'm really sorry about that. Um, but you will understand. Um, okay, I'm going to tell you a secret, because no one's really listening to this cat, okay? I mean, I used to meet, you know, times of change, right? I used to meet a lot of people at multiple streams, and I actually get phone calls. Where to get my number? I get phone calls. <laughs> Sometimes they ring the home phone. I never used the phone, home phone. Hi, David. I met you at Multiple Streams Property Income event in 2012. You remember me? <laughs> sure. Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> I remember you? How can I? You know. So I get a bit of that. Um, it's not. It's not. I'm not showing off. It's not clever, Cat. But my apologies. No, I sort of zoned in in June, July. So you came to Multiple Streams in March 19. Uh, we spent a couple of days together in June, July, when you did the yes. packaging training at Progressive, right? And um, from that, I remember on the Sunday afternoon, I, I, I made a beeline for you. I sat next to you <laughs> on your table and said, Kat, um, I need to work with you because I think you're going to be really good at this. Now, um, I don't say that to many people. And we're going to have friends listening to this who I've not said it to. <laughs> My bad, right? Okay. Um, but I just had a feeling that you were going to be really good at this. So um, what were you doing before? What, what, why property? What were you doing before property? And then we'll get on to where you are now. Okay, so I started my um, sort of career, I suppose. I was in the management of logistics and transport industry. So that's essentially what I was doing, 14-hour days, um, you know, rat race, having a reputation in the industry that I suppose I was somehow proud of. But I had loads of money back then and absolutely no time to spend it. 
and whatever reputation I thought I had back then, just nowadays it makes me even cringe to talk about it because it was just so shallow. But I suppose this is essentially where I where I came from. So I came from a corporate background, and then um, I bought my first investment property um, early 2013. Um, which wasn't actually a purchase for me. It was supposed to be a purchase that was supposed to act as a pension for my mum in case I didn't make it. Because my first investment property purchase was because I was very, very seriously ill. So I was essentially trying to set up the financial security of my family. Wow, there's a lot of stuff there. So um, very seriously, you had a, you've had a brush bit more than the brush with cancer over the years. Yes. How are you today, Kat? Um, better than I've ever been before. Uh, well, that's fab to hear because so many of us and people listening to this, we've all been touched somewhere in our lives by that terrible disease. So it's great to see you. I can see you, the listeners calm, looking so hale and hearty and healthy and actually pretty cool, if I may say so, on the Zoom <laughs> this morning. <laughs> um, so you bought an investment property. How did that go? Um, well, it went initially, it was plain sailing. So um, back then I did actually work with um, a friend who was a deal packager. She was a slash letting agent slash, she was many, many for many things. Um, and initially when um, I bought the property, I spent a couple of grand, um, you know, making it a little bit nicer and it rented out. And for the first two three years i didn't really hear a peep from that property it wasn't until later down the line where i got few other bytelets um when the challenges started to to happen and the cracks started to appear so what were the challenges so basically when i was then recovering um from obviously cancer and then going back to work um, I went back to the same corporate career, essentially, and I didn't have the time to be looking really at tenancy agreements and things like that. So the deal packager slash letting agency slash whatever else she was doing friend or previous friend of mine was doing the entire sort of or she was trying to do the entire hands free service for me because I was essentially busy making my career if you like and and getting better so the challenges that started to happen was that in one given year all of those three properties that i had all the tenants left with renterias the friend of mine didn't think it was relevant to actually um, charge deposits or to take deposits from the tenants and this was in the area which you know isn't mayfair if you look at London, this is the, the area where, you know, your insurance goes up a little bit um, when you're looking at purchasing properties and you don't really like stopping at the, at the lights. So not taking the deposits. In so those, when the tenants left, did they take the boiler with them and stuff like that? Not, not quite as bad, no. But, um, you know, they did actually improve the circuit ventilation in the properties by smashing a couple of windows. Yeah. Um, so just just to give you an idea, you know, this was essentially in the year that I actually quit my corporate career and I started um, being self-employed. So 
in the first year of my business, if you like, I had three properties which were unoccupied. They were all damaged. And then to top everything off, once we actually started refurbing them ourselves, we actually then figured out that the builders that my friend used in her deal packaging business didn't do a particularly good job. The professional term for this, and you will probably know this term, is just polishing the turd rather than actually doing the proper refurb. So I had to say that I had, you know, a little bit of financial problems is probably an understatement. I mean, I clocked 25 grand of debts like that. Wow. Okay. So um, let's just move the story on just a fraction, summarize where we are now. Yeah. So you don't like your corporate career. You've, you've had a dabble with property and it's not gone well. You're 25 grand down, right? And it's debt. Uh, you, you're not well at this point, right? Why, why would you come to a multiple streams event and keep looking at property? Because it, it, if, you, if you've been sold, um, you know, if you've been bitten by a dog, you're not going to buy a puppy later on, are you? Or are you? Of course you. Oh, I, I would. I would absolutely buy the biggest puppy that I can then get. Okay, the cool. And the most vicious looking puppy. So when I was pretty much at my lowest, lowest of the low, um, when we were kind of trying to bring these properties up and, you know, we were renovating them ourselves because back then I didn't have the money to pay the builders, nor did I have the money to sort it out legally with the ex-friend of mine. So my only option was to sort of do it myself. Um, so I know how to plaster. I'm never plastering again in my entire life, but I do know how to plaster. You know, it's a skill set that is useless to have, I suppose. But there was all sorts of stuff that I had to do. And there, the, there became a point where I've just had enough to the point where I was actually considering just letting the bank just take lapse into not paying the mortgages take the properties I basically I was like I've had I've had it I've had enough and I suppose when I was looking at the paperwork which I would need to start signing to actually start bankruptcy proceedings wow. I was like well no I haven't given it my all just yet so I started looking a little bit more at the money and the finances and how I, how I was actually managing my entire um, money and financial side of my life, I suppose. And at that point, um, I actually started realizing that there were certain mistakes that I've done that you know contributed to where I ended up. And that actually, as soon as these properties are sorted and they are running, they are pure passive income. And obviously after my illness, for me, financial freedom and working because I want to, not because I have bills to pay, is such an important distinction that for me it was very clear that the property is the vehicle that is going to get me there. So it wasn't the case of giving up, it was the case of finding the way out. And I did. So um, it took me... Um, about another a year and a half to actually sort of get the property sorted, then pay down my debts. Um, I actually sold one of the properties simply because it was just on one of these problematic streets. Um, so as soon as I got myself up and sort of running again, um, I 
knew that I would want to go into the property because at that point I was already helping my friends with their property purchases, even though I didn't even know that back then it existed wow. as a strategy. Okay. And where are we now in terms of the timeline, Kat? Are we, is this early 2019? Or oh, no, this is um, early 2018. So oh, then 2018, God. I was then um, reading a lot. Um, I had a few things that I was sorting in my personal life, but I already knew that we, we are going to be going into property business and we are going to be incorporating and all that. I was just getting my ducks in the row at that point. Ducks. We love ducks. So where are we? We're, um, we're a young woman at that point who, who hates her job, who's quite poorly, who's nearly bankrupt and um, is a good plasterer. I mean, to be fair. <laughs> um, you know, this is not the best offer I've ever had, uh, you know, from a young woman cat. Uh, let's, let's jump on, if I may. Let's move the time. Yeah a bit talk about what you're doing today okay so today we are currently working um with seven investors um now when i'm saying that we are working with seven investors these are not investors that we are just having chats these are actually investors that we are acting on behalf of we've got nine open orders to source them various properties to match their criteria and their plans and aspirations We've got um, one property going through completion, um, one big refurb, um, and so that this is essentially where we are today. And, and do you know what I love about this um, is that I can see you, the listeners can't see you. The minute we switch to what's going on today, your face has lit up, you know, and the energy <laughs> with which you, you, you put in that across, and they can't see it, but I can't, so I feel quite honoured to see it. Um, is, is completely different to when we were talking about what happened before. Um, so you've got a packaging business based where, Kat? We are based in Bolton, which is just north of Manchester. I've, I've spent my time in Bolton. I know Bolton very well. <laughs> and can I say that if I was going to Manchester again, because I had a packaging business in Manchester uh, over many mm -hmm. years, um, I would probably set up my headquarters today in Bolton. Yeah, because I'm not surprised. Well, what I like, what I like, and you can adjust, right? What I like about Bolton is, first of all, the housing stock. Secondly, the amount of money that's going to be spent, and it's actually committed and it's going on there. Yeah. They're, they're knocking down that 70s, rather pokey, half-empty, probably more than half-empty uh, <laughs> shopping area on Bradshaw Gate. Um, yeah. And they're, they're going to, just you won't recognize the city is it a city or town um, it, it's technically a town although um you know we are hitting closer to two hundred and eighty thousand population just in bolton so you know it's like you said it is a large area yeah absolutely um and um i think it's fantastic for investor purchases in the right areas mm -hmm. we might touch on that um there's forced uplift, there's anywhere between Chorley New Road, Chorley Old Road. I've worked in Farnworth, I've worked in West Halton, I've worked yeah. in Horwich, um, down by the Reebok Stadium. Uh, the stock is great. Uh, the access to Manchester, 
you know, so it, you can commute to Madrid 30 minutes and you're in the middle. Not, not even that. Um, the current trains that we've got is 19 minutes to Piccadilly and Victoria. Fab. Uh, there's also uh, the Metro, right? Yeah, Metro Link, which uh, they are connecting. Yes, which I can actually ride all day now for free. Yay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in the winter you see lots of uh, my contemporaries with sandwiches <laughs> sitting on there to save on the heating at home. <laughs> right around there. Uh, so, so Bolton is a fab place to work. Um, I hope they haven't moved that hot meat sandwich caravan that, that go, sit, used to sit in the square outside the town hall. Oh, yeah. they've, they've actually expanded this now. So this little, the, this little sort of food shack that I think you're referring to. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, uh, before the lockdown, I need to check whether they, they, they are still going with it now or whether they stopped it for the time being. But um, I think it was last Friday of every month they used to organize these food shacks and it wasn't just the little burgers and whatever. Um, you know, you would have these partial places with like Thai burgers or little Chinese noodles, pop-up shops. Okay, the, the one I loved really was much more Bolton because <laughs> you had like a roast dinner in a BAP, you know, and you can have yeah. pork and, and I used to sit um, on a nice day. Are there nice days in Bolton? Um, <laughs> I used to sit on the steps of the town hall eating my roast dinner in a BAP. Um, yeah. Didn't know me. Oh, we, we moved on from there, David. We moved on, on from there. Oh, yeah. Cool. Okay. I mean, I've lived I've lived in Bolton for coming up to ten years now, and just the change in the last ten years has already been unbelievable. So to see that these big projects and the really exciting projects that are virtually just starting now, um, we've definitely got the the best the best is yet to come. So a great choice, great choice, Cat. Uh, going forward, Bolton is definitely very attractive to investors. Uh, what about your own portfolio? Where are you with that now? So right now, we still have got um, our portfolio of um, buy-to-lets. Um, we do have um, serviced accommodation property as well. And um, we are actually expanding it as well. So as well as working with our investors, we are starting to now actually look at purchasing again. So there was a point where um, we were not in the position to actually take mortgages for ourselves because essentially we didn't have enough books and books that we were going back long enough. We are now in the position to start buying again. So we are not just growing the portfolios for our investors, but we are also starting to focus on ours. And that will consist of um, your usual buy, refurbish, refinance, um, but we are also looking at slightly larger projects. Cool. Okay. Well, um, you're going to take us there in a minute or two. Um, can we just pause on service accommodation? Because I know, A, that you've um, been very active with that, and also you've used it on occasion to maximise the return for some of your investors. So you yes. haven't just gone straight buy to let deal packaging you've you've used your education your background and sort of to add uh, value to your investors and presumably increase your fees on the journey so th let's talk about your SA experiences in and around Bolton does that work for an investor cat 
Um, yes, it actually works very, very well. So one of our favorite strategies is combining um, BRR with SA. That works particularly well. So we set up our own small um, SA management agency. Now, when I say small, this is only a company which is only designated for us and for our investors. We do not manage properties for third parties. This is not our core um, <clears throat> strategy in terms of we are just going to manage everything and grow it massively. I don't want that. I want the other, comp the other company, the SA management company, to essentially be of service to us and to, the, to our investors only. Cool. So it works and it works very well, very, very well, particularly for the contractors that are coming to the area and will be coming to the area to work on all these big river, big um, regeneration projects that we've mentioned um, a little bit earlier on. So that works particularly well. And um, I mean, you know the power of buy refurbish refinance on a normal buy to let. So then when you can actually marry that up with higher um, cash flow every month, that then becomes very, very um, attractive strategy for um, growing portfolios. Fab, this is great. So um, I'm sitting here, there's a massive contract uh, contrast before you between where you were at some point in 2018 and here we are sort of autumn 2020, just about, looking out the window at a big blue sky. But <laughs> Um, God, how did you get from where you were to where you are today? What are the key things that, that moved you forward, Kat? Um, I mean, for me, I think the key thing is I knew that I'm not going to have, or I, I knew straight away when that I'm not going to have second chances. So some people will you know, go through their life and they will at some point realize that they have to go all in. Well, I had my wake up moment when I was 26. So for me, there isn't, the option of failing just simply isn't there. So my near bankruptcy moment was 2007, 2017, 2018, I was really bringing myself up. 2019, we started the businesses. And 2020, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, we still have got things that we want to achieve. But if if you told me that I would be where I am today, what, 14 months ago when we met, I would have laughed. Yeah. Think, no, I so we never put it in those terms, but we definitely had that conversation at whatever restaurant it was we went to and, and yeah. over the weekend. So, uh, come on, put a bit of meat on the bone, Kat. So, you know, from June, July 2019 to now where we are in 2020, and, and to be fair, I think everyone would acknowledge that since March 2020, probably been one of the most difficult times in terms of packaging deals and in property full stop. Okay? Yes. And uh, it will remain difficult going forward, but a different type of difficult, I believe. Um, so how have you done it? What were, the, what were the influences you had? What were the things that you did that made the difference? Go on, give me two or three things that, for, the, for the listeners, Kat. Mm -hmm. if, if they're sitting there 
beating themselves up and a bit down and depressed because they're, yeah. you know, I mean, you had an amazing sort of cataclysm of events, which most people would have driven to a standstill, right? But you came out punching the other side. What what was it that moved you forward? What were the incremental steps? What did you do to to get you to where you are today? Because you you know even the authority with which you speak, you sound very confident, and because you are very knowledgeable, because you are very very competent, you're a really smart woman. How how did you get from where you were, almost a total standstill, to where you are today? So I think for me it was always. I mean, I, I love self-development and I will always keep growing. Um, it's, it's, it's my passion, I suppose, even, you know, looking at what I've done in the past. Let's reject this. Let's look at where we've gone wrong and let's make it better um, going into the future. And I think there is a certain amount of humility that even as professionals in the industry, you need to have because you are going to make mistakes. There is absolutely no way of avoiding them so i think it's it's such a key skill to be able to um deconstruct past events and learn from them that was one of the biggest keys to how i managed to overcome anything and there was plenty to overcome in the past so definitely deconstructing errors, learning from them. Um, that was one. And two is just forever learning. And networking has been very important to you, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So um, I definitely don't mind to be the, the, less experience, the least experienced or the least skilled one in the room. And I go out of my way to find the type of rooms where you know I'm surrounded with people that know way more than I do um, so then I can learn from them essentially and that has been an invaluable so let's talk about that so before lockdown thing and things are different now you were very active in and around Manchester you chose to go into Manchester to look for your power team or how would you describe it yes so for me um, yeah, I did go to um, a, a, a club in Manchester where um, I've got, I've, I met a lot of wonderful people and um, I'm working with some of them. But what was the biggest difference to me in terms of the value that I got out of there was not just the connections and the personal connections that I've made, um, because I do actually have friends there, but it was to have the people that when I was considering buying a land, which was just short of 400 grand, I had people that I could go in there and I could say to them, look, this is what we found. This is what we are thinking of doing. Can you please pick it apart? What am I not seeing? Because I didn't want to go down, you know, taking almost half a million bridge, <laughs> essentially, okay. for something that wouldn't work. <laughs> So is that project still alive? Is that something you're looking at or moving forward um, with? That, that particular project has gone. Um, it was a little bit more, we decided to step away from it because um, there was a difficult family dynamic involved. So yeah. for that yeah. reason, we decided to step away from it. But 
when we started looking at that type of project, we were also looking at some church conversion and then a shop conversion to flats. Um, we are now very much looking at doing these type of projects. Um, so when you alluded a little bit earlier in this conversation to something, to exciting stuff in the pipeline, is this the sort of stuff, I can see smiley face, smug smiley face coming at the other end. Uh, is this the sort of thing that you were alluding to? Yeah, so right this minute in time, we are basically looking at a couple of, you know, bigger projects. So this would be, you know, taking a, a building and converting it into three, four flats and um, things like that. I don't have any actual deals to sell on, although this is not actually what we are trying to do. We are going to be trying to be buying it ourselves, potentially with um, an investor to then split it into our own portfolios. So, but that that is something that we are starting to work on much more nowadays. Cool. Uh, I hear you. So, um, I think friends listening would be very interested in uh you said i think seven or nine investors you're working with you know seven seven and there's people out there listening to this who are just at the start of the journey maybe they're not at the start of the journey uh a little bit further down the road but they can't find investors <clears throat> how did you find them how did you present yourself what tools did you use how did, for you, because everyone takes a slightly different route on this, mm -hmm. how did you find your seven investors, people who were happy to work with you and uh, would commit to buying your deals? How, how, did, how did you go about that? I didn't find them. They found me. D that's a brilliant answer. Go on. And so um, they got up one morning and uh, not knowing who you are, where you are, anything about you, and they thought I just fell I've from the sky. <laughs> I've had a vision in the night. I have to ring Cat now. Okay, so good. Uh, so they found you. How did they find you, Cat? So um, most of my investors either came from most of my investors actually did came from one way or the other social media. So I do update the world about what we do, the mistakes we do, um, the successes that we've got. And, um, you know, it's not polished, no pun intended. It's not ideal. And, but this is basically how I am with the investors. The way that they see me on the videos running around with my dog is basically the way I do everything. And it's actually, so most of our investors came from um, social media one way or the other. Some of them did come through the networking and um, the networking that I've done. Um, I think this so when I'm a broken, when I'm a bit of a broken record cat, and people who just start working with me say, "How do I get investors?" and I'm saying, "Post, post, 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 post." Right? Sounding like a broken record. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there is merit to it. It does actually work. Is it? Can, are, we, are you happy for me to say that? Yeah, but I think the, the advice that I could perhaps give to other people is they think, I, I okay, I thought when I first started that it, it has to be perfect and it has to be this corporate me and it has to be, per, it has to be ideal, like the video, like I can't say mm and ah, it, I had this vision of what it needed to be. 
Um, so I felt like I couldn't really be sharing certain things because, you know, I was feeling terrible basically in a week because few things didn't go to my plan and I'm not a particularly patient person. And for me, the biggest thing around social media and the biggest aha moment was the fact that it's not about just sharing the successes. It's actually about admitting to people when things go wrong or when you don't actually know something and just reaching out for help. Because these type of posts where I've actually admitted that we had a challenge or that we are dealing with this issue is way more helpful than some sort of bragging post of, oh, look at all this money that I'm making for me and my investors. And you know the people that do that. And I can, I can think of one or two come to mind, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I hear you loud and clear. So it's um, not just about sharing the successes. It's getting into shoes of someone that might be where you used to be and showing them a, a, an easier way and an easier path of, of progression, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's very wise. And um, it, it, it humanises the process because we all make mistakes. We all get things wrong. I mean, I knocked the camera off the top of my laptop at the beginning of this conversation. I'm not going to cut that out. You know? Just the life of a podcaster, right? Um, but, you know, I'll leave that in. So um, this has been really, really helpful. Um, Kat, I know that you offer a great service. I know you're very diligent. I know you care, right? I know all of that stuff. If somebody's listening to this and they... They want to see if they can work with you going forward. And I know that you um, qualify your potential investors quite heavily, right? You're, yes. you're, you're at that point. You, you know, you've been through that process and you only want to work with people that you want to work with, okay? Yeah. But if somebody wants the really good returns and forced appreciation that the Bolton metropolitan area generally can offer and wants to work with you, because you've got this fantastic tool of the service accommodation management, which will basically give a multi-let return on a single-let house. That's yes. the truth of it. Um, how do they contact you? How do they reach out to you if they want to work with you? So um, we can be found on Lyra Property Solutions, or you can always reach out to me um, and email me on cat at lyrapropertysolutions.com. Okay, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna emphasise this. It, it, she said, "Lyra Property Solutions." <laughs> <laughs> That's L Y R A. Lyra Property Solutions with an S at, at both ends. Um, dot com. Dot Lyra. com. Yeah. You see, I was going to say you can just type Kat Kutrinska into Facebook, and you will find me there. But then I thought that that's not going to be that helpful. So. Okay. So. I, <laughs> My daughter is 30 years old. She's got, recently got married, Kat, and she was a seedler for 30 years, which is, mm -hmm. can be a struggle uh, for some people. And she was looking forward, I think, to not being a seedler once she got married. Okay. Yeah. So she's now a Nikolic, which uh, has its own <laughs> challenges, right? So, um, yeah, I feel your well, pain. Really clearly, my parents didn't didn't intend for me to live abroad. They didn't name me with that with that idea in mind. But um, there is an ongoing joke between the friends of mine that I should just change my surname to something like Smith or 
something really easy. No, no, don't do it, Kat. We don't, we, we don't, I, do you know what? Uh, who, who you are it, is your biggest asset, and it, it's come shining through on this conversation. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, let you and I keep talking because I love watching your journey and where you, where who knows where it's going to take you next. Um, just a quick word to any property sourcing profiteers out there. I hope you enjoyed this conversation uh, between Kat and myself. Do reach out to her if you think you can. Ha she can help. Reach out to me if you think I can help. I'm always here for you guys. Get out there and do what you're supposed to do. We're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode. <laughs>